Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Today's episode is also presented by Purple Carrot. Purple Carrot is the plant-based subscription meal kit that makes it easy to cook irresistible meals to fuel your body. Each week, choose from an expansive and delicious menu of dinners, lunches, breakfasts, and snacks. Every box is an opportunity to learn and experience something new with easy recipes and fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients. No shopping, no food waste, just globally inspired, restaurant-quality, plant-based meals. Get $30 off your first box by going to purplecarrot.com and entering the code PODGO30 at checkout today. That's PODGO30 for $30 off your first Purple Carrot box. Purple Carrot, the easiest way to eat more plants. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mixtag. It's your man, Jared Watson here, the cowboy, and I'm here with the wrestling encyclopedia himself and the three-time, three-time, three-time Indian leg wrestling champion, Mr. Keith White. Keith, how you doing this week, man? How you doing? I'm trying to contain myself, man. We're recording on the day after one of the coolest nights that I have been a fan of in forever you're a jerk for making me have to be spoiled about some things we'll talk about them later i love you but you're a jerk but let's it's, keep moving forward some things cannot wait until tomorrow morning that's what i say it was a big night in wrestling and you know let's you know we got like a lot of things to talk about in this show so wait hold on hold on keith hold on Who, who's that is, is, is that who i think it is keith is that a beard a stranger who are you oh yeah this is happening oh my gosh he's back y'all hello boys the floridian villain himself what's going cam on guys manning is back on the show cam how you doing man yeah i'm doing great man i uh i've been flaking on you guys for a few weeks now but uh i'm done running i'm here i'm here to face some things here to talk about some stuff and oh. i've got my coffee mug here to keep me warm while we do it, oh, it it's you know it's going to be an interesting show when cam manning's on right keith he needs that coffee to warm up his cold dead soul <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> hey hey the floridian villain is our favorite heel okay let's let's not forget that on the show but that. uh cam we're glad you're here man in all seriousness oh yeah we have a lot to talk about uh and let's get into it let's get into our opening contest all right guys we have to start the show on a little bit of a sad note a little bit of a negative note as the late great pat patterson passed away earlier this week at the age of 79 a true trailblazer of the industry 
Patterson was linked to many firsts in sports entertainment throughout his storied career, including the first ever intercontinental title reign and the creation of the Royal Rumble match, one of my personal favorites. In a career spanning six decades, the Renaissance man left an, an indeniable mark on the industry in the ring, on the microphone, and behind the scenes. For all his efforts, Pat Patterson was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 1996 by the great Bret Hart. Uh, Keith, I'm going to start with you, man. Lots of memories with this guy. Uh, I, I think there's nobody on this earth who did not like Pat Patterson. So, so give us your thoughts on him. I'd agree. And, uh, you know, the last episode we had my dad on and my dad's got really fond memories of Pat Patterson's wrestling career. Uh, but for me, man, I knew him in the role of one of the Stooges. That's what in the Attitude Era, I knew him that best. And, you know, he just he was had such good comedic timing. And, you know, and he was he was made into this different character, this lovable, goofy, you know, foil, you know, for Vince McMahon to kind of boss around and kick around. But behind the scenes, man, you hit the nail on the head, by the way. To me, the Royal Rumble is number three in terms of importance for the WWE for their pay-per-views. I, I put that ahead of Survivor Series now because of the fact that the winner gets that WrestleMania title shot. But you think about that. You think about all the amazing moments that we would not have seen if it wasn't for the fertile mind of Pat Patterson. Really creative guy, uh, important to the business one of those guys behind, you know, underneath Vince that just kind of laid the groundwork and did a lot of grunt work. And I, I don't think I've ever heard a bad word about this man. So, you know, and that, and what a legacy you can, you can live when no one really has a problem with you. So, you know, hats off to him. What a, what a career, what a legend. Uh, and the tributes are fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like you said, I, I also, I wasn't born then, but I remember him as one of Vince McMahon's studios with uh i believe was it joe briscoe yeah joe briscoe yep mm -hmm. yep yep definitely funny times uh in that character uh pat patterson also won the hardcore title and the 24 7 title uh mm -hmm. which is basically the same concept if you think about it but uh cam give us your thoughts on pat patterson uh how do you remember this this great legend in the wrestling industry I think kind of kind of the way everybody else does. Um, it was interesting watching the wrestlers reaction to it. So it's it I don't this this is isn't meant to sound as bleak as it's probably going to come out, but when somebody that has been so instrumental in things passes in a specific industry, I always like to look at that industry to see what they say about him. Cuz we may all have our own thing, but they they were neck deep in everything with him. Um, and to see like Kevin Owens cutting that video in his car, just like in tears was tough to watch and watching this outpouring of incredible stories, the thank yous for behind the curtain stuff that we'll never see, uh, is awesome. And then just going back to like the Royal Rumble, that isn't something that that was something that was given to the WWE, but that is something that is universally used every promotion ever in the history of life has used a Royal Rumble in some form or fashion, right? Like at least once a year, they, that is something that is used industry wide. And that is incredible to know that it came from that guy that didn't just have a one-off idea. He was a dude that was filled with ideas that we still use to this day and are used worldwide. And I think, I think that's really cool too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, his impact on the wrestling industry, not just in WWE, but in the wrestling industry in itself uh, is incredible. You know, I remember watching 
uh, when the WWE Network first came out, uh, Legends House uh, with mm-hmm. all the legends together. And he was one of the guys on that show. And you really got to see the real Pat Patterson. You know, you got to see him doing what he loves, singing karaoke uh, at the bars and uh, doing all this artwork and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's really cool to see what impact he's had on the industry. So uh, it's, a, it's a tragic and terrible loss, um, one that we'll remember uh, for the rest of our lives. Pat Patterson, again, passing away at the age of 79 earlier this week. Rest in peace, Pat. From San Francisco, California, weighing 240 pounds, Pat Patterson. For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself. Jared, uh, that was, you know, that's super sad. And obviously we're bummed out. Um, I I don't want to continue the show on a low note. I kind of want to break things up a little bit. Um, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. We had our episode. We have a lot to be thankful for. I want to find out how you guys, you know, had with your Thanksgiving, how things made out. Uh, but first, I need to let you know that we have an absolute music superstar in our midst. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving tag game. It's battle. And well, it is time to debut a song that's rising up to the charts. Just peaked at number one this week. Here is his new hit single. It's Cam Manning with Floridian Villain. When my Twitter logs on and the take is hot Unsolicited, give it all I got You know I can dance, I can barely sing But I can run my mouth, so here's the thing I'm a Floridian villain Talking that mess because I can. I'm a Floridian villain. Battle is cool. Jared's a tool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I I don't know what to say, guys. Uh... <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> How did you oh do it, God. sir? You you got number you got the number one song in America right now, oh man. Oh my God, that's awesome! Oh, oh I've never had a song before. I'm so happy. That that just made the show right there. <laughs> we we could end the show right now, and it would be perfect. I, I want it. So I, think I might log off and just let you guys. Have the rest of it. 
I want I wanted to put that on like the end of last week, and I wanted to even put it on the end of this week, but I was like, I gotta get Cam's reaction. Oh I can't my. I can't let the show end and not <laughs> Oh gosh. How did you get battle to get in on that? I got connections. I know, clearly. He, he, look, he 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 loved the idea. When oh, I told him what was going on, he was all in. Oh my! God. Oh my gosh! Oh, Tag I gotta, gang! I gotta let him know. Oh, that's so funny. And the funny thing was, it sounded really good, like pitch wise. Mm-hmm. You were on key. It was amazing. Very creatively written. I love the last line about me being a tool. I think yeah, it was hilarious. I meant everything I said. I, I know I know you did. I know you did. You are the Floridian villain. Man, that's gonna get stuck in my head. Now, Keith, I think we should change our theme song to the show to that. That would be Oh great. no. I mean, well, the, here's the here's the thing. Now whenever Cam ah. on the show, whenever he comes on the show now, he's got his own music. Now whenever when he shows up, we play that. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. man, when I do when I do a run in. That's all you're going to hear first. And yep. I'm just going to show gonna up on the screen. Yes. Um, but I am curious, though. How how are you guys doing? Family's good. Last week was good. Everybody's good. Uh, yeah, everything was great, man. I, we spent uh, Thanksgiving in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, my cousin uh, got married. So that was very exciting to be there to see her uh, do that. So she's getting uh, – sh- she and her now husband are uh, MPs in the Army. And uh, she is hopping out. Her contract ends, I think, in the next few months. And um, and she's hopping out. And he signed on for six more years. And he's going to go be an MP in Germany. Wow. And so in February or March of next year, they are moving to Germany. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. No, it was awesome, man. Just around family and yucking it up and being too loud in a hotel at one o'clock in the morning and just swapping stories with family. And it was fun, man. It was awesome. I, you know, I didn't get, there's obviously like millions of Americans. I didn't get to see all the family that I wanted to. This is the first year in my life that my grandmother was not at Thanksgiving with me, which was mm. kind of crappy. And, you know, and guys, like at the end of the day, we're all about family on the show. Um, you know, for me, like I got tons of, of memories. You know, we, we talked about my dad with wrestling and my brother with wrestling and uh, you know, just, a lot of different things. And, and one memory that stuck out with me today was my brother and I, uh, we, when we watched WrestleMania 30 together, we didn't go to a bar. We actually, we stayed at home and we, uh, and we grilled and we had a really good time. And uh, we were using uh, this brand. We've been using it for 20 years in my house called Omaha steaks. And they're absolutely fantastic. Um, they're, they're just really good, juicy, flavorful steaks. And um, just want to kind of let you guys know, you know, if the holiday, 2020 season feels like it's been a long time coming. You guys should make it worth the wait. Send the perfect gift. Send yourself even something special and bring families together for a delicious Omaha Steaks family feast for the holidays. The Deluxe Grillers assortment includes perfectly aged top sirloin steaks, incredible meats, amazing sides, and infamous Omaha Steaks desserts. They're not playing around with that, by the way. They are not playing around with those sweets. Uh, Right now, you can get this mouthwatering package plus four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer, which by the way, I did not have. Uh, and those are important at an exclusive price available to our listeners. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code tag. That's T a G into the search bar. Got to enter it in the search bar first. Okay. 
and you'll find this deal. That's extra burgers plus an extra gift that's on the top of the list of any serious griller. And Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's a guaranteed fantastic gift and a safe way to share the joy of the season. And don't forget, when you order that deluxe griller's assortment, you also get free, four of them, free Omaha Steaks burgers and a free digital meat thermometer with our code TAG, T-A-G, at omahasteaks.com, a deal you won't find anywhere else. Omaha Steaks delivers guaranteed quality and safety with every order. Visit omahasteaks.com and type TAG in the search bar to shop the best gourmet gifts of the season. Thank you so much, Omaha Steaks. Yeah, definitely. Thank you to Omaha Steaks. Remember, that's code TAG, T-A-G. Man, what wonderful products, Keith. I think I might invest in some myself for the holiday season. Uh, Tag Gang, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, Check that out if you want. And uh, let's move on, Keith, to our next topic, and Cam as well. Uh, Keith, I know, you know, we've been doing this for the past week or so. You know, we're doing both MLW and AEW recaps. And boy, what a night it was in wrestling. But let's first start with the program that came on first at 7 o'clock Eastern Time on YouTube. And that is Major League Wrestling Fusion. Keith, talk us, talk us a little bit uh, about what happened last night, and then you're going to give us your good, bad, and Major League. And Cam and I will chime in every once in a while. So go ahead. I mean, it was it was a great night. Um, you know, Contra was featured, uh, not in any wrestling roles, but just throughout the show. Um, their organization, you know, they're hell bent on destruction and terror. Um, they had one match. I'll get to you in, in a minute. Uh, but they started the show off wrestling-wise with with a banger, and that was ACH versus Laredo Kid from AAA. ACH has been in MLW previously. He also, I've mentioned before, was in NXT as Jordan Miles, had a cup of coffee there and a horrible T-shirt and left. And, um, you know, he's back now um, with MLW, and they kicked off the show with this awesome match, like this fantastic, uh, you know, hybrid style wrestling match that saw ACH come out on top, but man, was it hard hitting and fast paced and just a lot of action packed into that uh, opening contest. Um, And then you saw later in the evening, uh, you saw uh, a guy that is, he's the black hand of Contra and he had a squash match uh, against this. This guy was tiny, man. He was, I think he was 140 pounds (laughs) and the, the size discrepancy was insane. <clears throat> but um what we need to talk about is the main event. This is the biggest part. Um the main event last night saw Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Low Key. And this was a hard hitting, strong style match, powerful, uh clash of styles, and ultimately Low Key came out on top, but man was it brutal. And these guys can wrestle their butts off and they delivered. Court Bauer had said that he felt that bell-to-bell wrestling last night was going to be the best in wrestling. And it's up to us to decide, Jared, what you got for us? Yeah, yeah. I I told Court Bauer uh, on our previous show, I said, you know, does he know that AEW Dynamite Winter is Coming was on, you know, later that night? Did he know that? Um, um, No, but in in all seriousness, uh, this was a really great show. I sat here and watched it. Uh, It's only an hour. I, I, I admitted last time I said it's incredible how MLW can fit all this programming and all these interesting matches into one hour. Uh, and, and that includes commercials too, Keith, in between. So that's really cool. Um, I'm a big fan of ACH. Uh, I didn't know much about him. And I remember, you know, that situation in NXT where they did him dirty. 
Um, but Keith, I knew you were you were super high on this guy, and I, and I am too. Um, and he's moving on in the Africa Cup tournament, um, and he's going to face filthy Tom Lawler, and that'll be an interesting match in itself. Um, the squash match, really quickly. Um, Mads Kruger, I believe, is is the black hand of Contra. Is that right? Yes, and um, I'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, Matt, Mads Kruger just dominating. I mean, huge guy. He's going to be the strength in the powerhouse of Contra uh, for the foreseeable future, and he's a good addition for them. Uh, now onto the main event. We had the Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Loki. Um, I'm going to be honest, Keith. I liked the ACH match better. Um, I just think it's more of my style. I'm more of the super active almost high-flying athleticism. I like submissions, but I can't watch it uh, for a full match like that. Um, just wasn't my style, but I liked the ending of the match. I thought it was very creative. I thought, you know, moving low-key on to face Richard Holiday, I think that's going to be a great match. So uh, good job, MLW, this week. And Jared, I actually, I'm in my seat like, yes, because I love low-key. And so for him to catch that win, I wasn't expecting it at all. I really expected... David Boy Smith Jr. to uh, to you know to get that win. The commentary during the match, I think, really helped um, tell the story, but also helped at the, at the points you're talking about where you might have had an issue with some of the slow moving submission grappling holds. Uh, I got one for you. This was really good. Uh, they're talking about low key, and they said he probably sits up at night agonizing over a t-ball game he lost at five years old. That's the kind of competitor low key is. And I was like, that's that's classic. Right. That's good stuff. Right, and really, really quickly, Keith, before we let Cam in on what he thought, um, just want to let both of you know and the tag gang know, this was Davy Boy Smith Jr.'s last match in MLW. Court Bauer confirmed that uh, in a press conference interview after the show. He's done with MLW. That was rumored to begin with. We knew his contract was going to end. So where is he going to go? WWE? Will he go with AEW? It's a lot of interesting moves that he could go with, um, you know, obviously being in WWE before uh, with the Hart dynasty. Um, interesting thing there. Um, but Cam, I want to get your thoughts on last night's MLW fusion. Uh, so I was watching the mass Singer with my fiance. Um, but I, I, did, I, were, were you dreaming that you could be on there? I was. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, they're never going to recognize me at all. Um, no, I, I think what MLW is doing is really good. I think them having a packed one hour is going to force, not force, that might be too strong of a word, but they're giving something different, right? Everybody complains about the three hours with Raw, and then everybody's really excited about the two hours with AEW and SmackDown. And then all of a sudden, MLW shows up with one hour of just like, we're going to hit you in the mouth for 60 minutes, and then we're going to let you go. I think that's a really interesting concept for them to to stand out in this sim, in the same industry. Um, I'm excited about that. I think that was really cool. Uh, MLW is just putting together a really good roster. The tournament that they're doing is really good. Um, so I didn't get to see the show last night, but I'm familiar with it. Uh, excited to see where Davy Boy Smith goes. I kind of want him to go back to New Japan. They love big monsters like him over there, and I think that'd be incredible if he ended up over there. Um, but if he came back, if he showed up at like, I mean, he could show up at Takeover, really. Like you just have a, I don't know, but you know, wherever he shows up, I'll, I'll watch. I like him. Cam, I, I was actually going to say new Japan was my spot for him. I think that's his best move. Jared and Cam, I want to call this right now so we can put this down for posterity. I believe that the finals in the opera cup are going to be ACH and Richard holiday. Thank you, Cam, for writing these notes down ACH and Richard holiday 
And I believe that Richard Holiday will be our 2020, uh, 2021, 2020 Opera Cup winner. I, I love that move. I was thinking the same exact thing, Keith. I, I just think Richard Holiday needs that push right now. And what better way to do it than win the Opera Cup? I love it. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm with you. And of course, Holiday, been on the show before. Really cool guy. Uh, Keith, before we move on to AEW. He would probably hate that you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd probably hate that you called him cool. Because I'm just a consumer after all, right? Exactly. Um, but anyway, Keith, give us your good, bad, and major league before we move on to the show, man. Sure, man. Um, so first of all, uh, my good for the show was just the fact that they are using different talents from different organizations. They're really good about bringing in people, and I thought the match quality overall for the night was 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 solid. Um, so, you know, I also liked that they had – they were really sprinkling in promos, like when they had the Selena De La Renta promo, and they first zoomed in to, you know, they, they showed you Mexico City, and they had the graphic of Mexico City, and they were zooming in with the camera. It looked like it was out of a movie, you know, like it, it was very cinematic, um, and they're really presenting her, of course, as they always have, as a major player and a big deal. So I thought that was cool. Um, the bad, I don't like Mads Kruger's name. Um, pretty sure it's a different guy that we know. Uh, under that black mask, he looks like Bane. Um, and the squash matches don't do it much for me in that. I know it's a packed hour. You got to do something. But for him, I don't know. I'm not enthusiastic about Mads Kruger. That's my bad. I mean, 140 pounds will get you in the NXT title. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, you know, the, the guy we're talking about, Mads Kruger, was the guy that destroyed the 140 pounder. So, you know, so maybe he just needs to go to NXT and learn a few holds. Um but my my dynamite, um, my dynamite. Ooh, sorry, my major league. I messed this up, guys. We had to stop the episode now. Uh, my major league for MLW Fusion uh, was having um, having low key get the victory and ACH get the victory because I think those are two of the right moves. I actually did not know that Davey Boy Smith's contract was up, so I thought he might actually advance. Uh, but I love. You know, the average fan's going to look at that and go, oh, Dave Boy Smith's going to win because he just lost the title match um, and he won it last year. Low-key was a great move. ACH is a great move. I really want ACH um, to be a contender for maybe for the open weight championship once Hammerstone eventually becomes the world champ. But, you know, I'm, you know, I made that, I made the prediction a long time ago. Right. But, but I want ACH to stay in MLW. I really like him. I really think that he just adds a lot of value to the company. So those are my that's my uh my good, my bad, and my major league. Yes, yes. We thank you for that, Keith, because it was an exciting episode of MLW. Can't wait to see what happens next week when they uh the Von Ericks defend their tag team championships on MLW Fusion. That's gonna be interesting to see as well. Keith, thank you for that. That was an MLW Fusion recap, but you know, like we said, it was a big night last night, headlined by AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming. Cam Hold on to your seat, my friend, because we're about to take a deep dive into this. All right, guys, the night started off with the Diamond uh, Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Uh, participants included Hangman Page, Mass Liddell, Scorpio Sky, among others. Um, Keith, I did not know this when we recorded our last episode, but it was a match where the last two competitors won the Battle Royal, and those two competitors are not going to face each other next week on Dynamite. And those two competitors are Orange Cassidy and MJF, the 
current diamond dynamite diamond uh ring holder so i was not prepared i i did not predict mjf to win um Man, the heel, the old school heel tactic of MJF and Sammy Guevara hiding in the corner for most of the Battle Royal while Wardlow protected them was genius. I loved it. Um, and just watching everybody fly around, they made Miro look like a million bucks. Um, it was just a really well done. Normally, I, I hate Battle Royals, you know, like when it's, when it's on a regular show. They're usually, you know, filler. Uh, but this actually seemed to kind of have a little bit of meaning to it. So I was really a fan of, of what we were seeing. Yeah, I and the Miro and Wardlow stare down, man. I love when they do that big man, you know, teasing of, of these guys going at it down the road. Uh, but yeah, I was not predicting that MGF was going to be in the finals for this. Um, and I didn't even think Orange Cassidy would. So, yeah, you know, unpredictable is good. Yeah, 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 you're right. And, uh, you know, this, the, the way they incorporated the inner circle storyline in this match uh, was genius, right? So you had Sammy, MJF, uh, and Wardlow, along with Jungle Boy, the last uh, final four. Well, and I guess Orange Cassidy, because Orange Cassidy got thrown under the ring. Um, but uh, yeah, it, 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 Sammy and, and Jungle Boy were up on the top rope. MJF went to go knock Jungle Boy off and knock Sammy off. You know, they, they're butting heads a little bit in the inner circle, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, Cam, uh, you know, it's interesting, these these last two people fighting for this dynamite uh diamond uh in the match next week on dynamite mjf and orange cassidy they could go two ways with this because orange cassidy is that guy that doesn't really care what he has it's kind of just like eh, it's whatever and mjf really cares about this diamond because he thinks it's what makes him the best in aew so give us your thoughts on that really quick before we move on uh i i i think the the um yeah just the way they both go about it I think is the, probably the most fun way you could write that match next week is because like you said, they're so, they're so polar opposite. Um, Cassidy is just kind of like, whatever, you know, lose, win it's, you know, fight, you know, who cares, whatever, where MJF is always chasing uh, glory through um, tangible objects, titles, money, things like that. Uh, so I think that is probably the most fun story that they could come up with between the two of them. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of with Keith. I like a good rumble when it's done right, when there are stories that kind of intertwine it. And at the end of the day, it's a really good way to get people on screen that otherwise wouldn't be on screen or they're working on developing them in some way that they need some kind of creative juice to roll with them. So like your ward lows are always going to look big in a battle royal like that, um, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of Wardlow. So, yeah. Yeah, I am too. I'm huge on Wardlow, just like you, Cam. I think he's going to be a future AEW world champion uh, one day, maybe after breaking with MJF and whatnot. But um, all right, guys, let's move to the next match. And that was Chris Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian, two veterans in the ring. We knew this was going to be an action-filled match. Um, but, you know, Keith, we talked about the ending of this match and where they could go with this. Um, and it turns out, you know, uh, Frankie Kazarian put Jericho in the walls of Jericho towards the end of the match. Ortiz was about to throw in the towel. And then MJF comes out with his own towel and was tempting to throw it in as well. But Sammy Guevara stopped him. Jericho looks over. Sammy has the towel. So Jericho thinks that Sammy was going to throw in the towel. But ultimately, 
Le Champion, Chris Jericho, picks up the win with the Judas effect on Frankie Kazarian. But it was really after the match, things got heated between the inner circle and Chris Jericho said flat out, you guys have a week to decide. You can either work this out and stop this pettiness or the inner circles no more. So give us your thoughts on this, Keith. I I honestly don't know where they're going to go with this. Um, If they're going to go the route that you've been saying for months, which is, you know, MJF takes over the inner circle. How do they go about that? Like, how would, why would these guys be faking not getting along for so long only to turn on Jericho next week? Because why? The motivation is not there. It'd it'd be odd reasoning. We'll see what happens, but I'm just not understanding if they go that route, the one that you're predicting, how they're going to pull that off. Will will they will they break up? And we talked about Jericho getting that long needed break. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, my prediction was so amazing in my opinion when when we first said it on air, and it was just like, man, this could really be something. But uh, Cam, this 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 turn of events here might prevent that from happening. So, uh, should the inner circle break up, Cam's, or should they, you know, try to work this thing out? Um. No, I don't think they should break up. I think that the inner circle is is probably oh the villain's coming. I can hear him. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I think the inner circle is probably the best thing AEW has going right now. I think that's an argument that could be made, right? I, I think so. Um, I am much more of a fan of Jericho as the leader of the inner circle than I am of Jericho as the actual wrestler right now. Um, I actually don't care about Jericho when he steps in a ring to fight. Um, so I, I didn't really care about him. I definitely don't care about Kazarian. So I was watching Mass Singer. I, I didn't even watch like a second of that match. Um, but I do like the inner circle. I like the way they work. I like the promos that they cut. I like their attention to detail through story. I like the personality uh, tiffs that are had. Um, and that, you know, we the people are always staring Wardlow down, which I always enjoy, you know, that kind of tension. And what they're trying to do, I enjoy Jericho and MJF's banter with each other and playing off of each other, trying to like let they're basically trying to be the big to to be the alpha while letting the other person assume the role as the alpha, but they're both just kind of playing the same chess match with each other. Uh, so I don't think they should break up. I actually would be mad if they broke up. I mean, it makes sense. Um, I think they are one of the better things going in AEW right now. I, I love the concept and, uh, you know, with MJF joining and everything, it's just interesting to see how him and Jericho, you know, work together uh, over these past few weeks and whatnot. But uh, also without a faction, some of those guys are just going to languish, you know, like yeah. proud and powerful has needed the faction. Otherwise they're going to be part of a, um, a crowded tag team scene, you know, so they, they need that. They need to have that extra wrinkle right now so and i can you, know, you could almost make the same case for sammy yeah right? no, like absolutely. if sammy ends up in a in that singles division i think we the people would be fine in that singles division but like if sammy's on his own i i don't care about him unless he's in the inner circle right i don't i don't think they put we the people in a match if he goes in the singles division i actually think that the that the faction is saving him because yeah they don't they don't use him in the ring as it is um they don't don't use him on the mic as it is so i just he needs that he needs something well they should not use him on the mic that's actually a positive that's a plus positive right there yeah that's what i'm saying like you know does he end up going to team task does team task become like 
you know, this like group of like shooters and big guys, you know, and Ricky Starks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, that would be a mismatch. I think for Ricky Starks, but uh, I get what you're saying, Keith. Um, but guys, What's his let's... name? I keep calling him with the people. What's his name? Jake Hager. Thank you. Jake I was wondering why I mean, you were calling him that. No, I, we're going to no on this show on mixed tag. He will forever be, be we known as we, the people. I only said that because I could not remember his name. That's how much well, uh, unimportant he is. You know what Jericho said? We, the people was a stupid idea written by bad creative. So you never know. I mean, let's call him. We, the people on mixed tag from now on. All right, guys, uh, we got to move on. There's a lot of things to get to. Uh, we had a women's match. Uh, we kind of figured this wasn't going to be a big part of the night, but it turned out to be a pretty decent match. Um, Dr. Britt Baker uh, defeated Layla Hirsch with that new submission she has with the mandible claw and everything. But it was really after the match. Uh, Cam, I want to get your th- thoughts on this really quickly first. Um, Thunder Rosa came right back out through the crowd and attacked Britt Baker again. I've been waiting to see this uh, feud you know, happen in a ring, in a match. One, two, three, let's go. Um, what do you think about the possibility of a Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa rivalry on Dynamite. Uh, yeah, in a word, yes. Um, in a longer sentence, uh, Thunder Rosa is the is the cornerstone of the women's division that they've been working for or looking for. I think Hikaru Shida. I don't think it's not. I don't think it's a lot to say that Hikaru Shida is probably a better wrestler. I think Thunder Rosa is everything they need in 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 the embodiment of like a wrestler and a talent that they need to put on the back of the women's division. I don't think Britt can do it. I don't think Nyla Rose can do it. Uh, Kong definitely can't do it. Uh, Cody's wife, it, we'll just stop there. Um, so it's got to be Thunder Rosa. And I think it's right there setting up for him. I hope she comes over. I hope she converts to AEW full-time. I hope they put the women's division on her shoulders. She can handle it uh, and excited to see her and Britt uh, go after it with each other. Cause that's going to be awesome back and forth and really, really good wrestling, which is what you need at the end anyways. Yeah, exactly. Um, really quickly before we move on to the big parts of the night, Keith, any words on this women's match here? So I, I liked it and it obviously it moves things forward. Um, I love the Britt Baker Thunder Rose uh, dynamic because Britt Baker is a great antagonist and she's, she's the mouthpiece, right? She's going to carry the promos in this, uh, in this rivalry. And then Thunder Rosa is going to carry the action as the, you know, the better wrestler. And I'm not saying it to disparage Britt Baker, but Thunder Rosa is arguably one of the best wrestlers probably in, in wrestling today for, for the females. So I'm a fan of where it's leading. But like I always say, when you have a big, you have a big, 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 card like winter is coming i personally think that the women's championship should be featured that's how i always feel um you know where they've where's sheeta when, whenever we have something big on tv where's sheeta uh and so i'm 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 a like championships have to be involved that's me i'm old school that's me if this was sheeta in place of Britt baker they that that place would have lost their mind yeah, I, I, I agree. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, in my opinion, I think Sheeta's title run's been a little lackluster. Um, I, I think she's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong; she's a great wrestler, great competitor. But you need, if you're the women's champion, you need to be on the show at least doing something every night on Dynamite. Uh, in my opinion, 
I agree. I think I think they've pigeonholed her title run. Yeah. I think if you put her out there every week and she doesn't connect with the audience, that's one thing. But if you keep her off TV for two, three weeks at a time and a big card comes up and she's not even on it much, she's not wrestling on it and, and not even on it. You don't even see her for a second. Right. Uh, that is the fault of everybody behind the curtain. She can't, I mean, she could force her way out into the ring. That'd be dope, but she's not going to because, you know, you get fired or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I think that's on, that's on creative and the back office side of things. They're screwing her over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like I said, she has an extreme amount of talent in the ring. I think she's a great wrestler. Um, just need her a little bit more on TV, I think. But uh, all right, guys, it's time to get into the big parts of the night. All right. We had a tag team match between Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen, the TNT champion, against Will Hobbs and absolute Ricky Starks. The match was cool. It ended great. Cody and Darby won. But it was after the match yet again. That's something huge happened. Sting debuted on AEW Dynamite on TNT. First appearance on TNT in 20 years. It's been 20 years, guys, since Sting's been on TNT. God, this is, I, I, that's what Keith was alluding to earlier when I, I had to tell him. I just I, He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait till the morning to see this. I sent him all uppercase text with exclamation point after exclamation point. Um, I was so excited. Sting's always been one of my favorite wrestlers, no matter where he's gone. Um, just his presence, you know, Sting's there. And, and it, it's just, it was amazing. Keith, uh, break it down for us a little bit. Well, first of all, thank you. No, thank you for what you did last night. Uh, I would have, I lost my mind when you sent me that, that message, but I would have lost even more had I seen it in person, but I love you just the same. Um, Tony Schiavone. Hold on one second. Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone has been waiting two decades to make that call. And I love, cause that's a joke on what happened when, you know, like his podcast, how he, how he announces it sting. He's been waiting for two decades to do that again. It was such a cool moment. Well hidden. Did you guys even know on the dirt sheets that it was coming? Oh, no idea. So they were saying last night that nobody in the arena knew until he was walking through backstage to get to the tunnel. Could you imagine? Yeah, Could you imagine? They said the talent didn't even, they had no idea. They were seeing him walk through the first time and that's when they knew about it. Oh my God. Cause you, uh, so yeah, like this, this right now for the most part is the reason we wanted to record today. We were going to anyway, but I've been so pumped up to just talk about this. Um, the icon, man, the legend came, came to AW and did this amazing, you know, like he stared into the eyes of, you know, of everybody in the ring. The announcers told the story about his issues with Arn Anderson and, of course, you know, the connection of the Rhodes family. And then, of course, man, he he made Darby Allen just by staring him down. He made Darby Allen a made man uh, similar to me personally when The Undertaker held up Jeff Hardy's hand and, and announced him as a tough SOB and gave him, you know, that credibility. I, I think that Sting just looking into the eyes of Darby Allen has made da Darby Allen now a bigger star. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that's what they do with him. I'm, you know, Twitter, good Lord, stupid Twitter, uh, went nuts with the idea of that Sting might possibly be Goldberg, you know, and it's, it's so dumb. AEW is not going to give this man a world title. No. <laughs> They're not, you know, 
I don't I don't get it. You Cam, what are you thinking? Oh boy, okay. The I think the villain's about to come out. No, here's all right. It's not that bad. So here's the thing. Uh, I was a WCW kid. So my two favorite wrestlers in the world are Sting and Goldberg. They can do no wrong in my heart or in my eyes. I love that Goldberg speared Bray Wyatt and beat him in nine seconds as a 60-year-old man. I don't care what anybody says. Fight me, at me. I don't care. Uh, I love that Sting is back on TNT. I got chills. uh, And that was awesome to see. AEW. I've been waiting the whole podcast to say this, and I know you guys have been interested in this. AEW officially has my full attention. Thank God. Like, they have all of my attention. Uh, Seeing Sting back on TNT was absolutely incredible. Um, It was very AJ Styles-esque in the way that they were able to keep it under wraps. That's just what I mean. Like, nobody, 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 nobody knew until his music hit. And I think that's awesome. And in a world where everything is figure outable right now on Twitter and dirt sheets and people taking, you know, trailing cars and hiding in, you know, garbage cans to, you know what I mean? In, in moments like that, in days like this, when you can legitimately hide this from everybody, I think it's absolutely incredible. Uh, he signed a multi-year deal. He's full time. He's going to be on TV all the time. He's going to wrestle, which is awesome. And if you don't think Tony Khan won't put a world heavyweight title on Sting, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind if he's not thinking about that in like seven months from now. I mean, come on, guys. Really? This is the same dude that said the landscape of wrestling would change when Pac walked out like two (laughs) weeks ago. Like, if you don't think this dude's not going to do it, he's going to do it. Sting's going to hold a title in AEW. I, I knew you had to say that, uh, Cam, about uh, TK and whatnot. But, uh, Keith, but Keith, I, to, and I don't care. I want him to. I want Sting to have a five-year title run in AEW where he just unknowingly and for no reason at all runs through everybody. Squash match after eight-second match after squash match. I want it all. I don't care. I'm all in with AEW now because Sting is there. Oh, boy. Did we create a monster, Keith? Oh, my gosh. Now, don't get it twisted. (laughs) It's going to be real. It's going to be reality. But, like, they have my attention because my favorite wrestler is now there. That doesn't mean I'm, like, drinking Kool-Aid. That just means, like, my dude's there. I'm going to watch every Wednesday now. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, Keith and I are glad to have you on board for sure now, Ken. Uh, but um, no, I know. I you know, Kim, I, I actually agree with you that I think Sting will have a title in AEW very soon. Um, but I don't think it's going to be the world title. I think it's going to be the TNT Championship. Can you imagine if Sting has the TNT title? Uh, you know, coming up with WCW. Uh, you know, I'm ho- and and you know the thing, the hard thing with that though is he was looking at Darby Allen like a mentor almost, kind of like. You know, the, the Darby Allen reminds me a little bit of Sting, uh, a mix between Sting and Jeff Hardy. Um, but that would be kind of hard if if they're going to go that route. If Sting, you know, does end up mentoring Darby and Darby holds the title, so that means Darby could lose the title, and then maybe Sting can come in after that. But uh, I don't. know. I'm worried for Darby. Okay. I'm worried. I'm Why worried you say for that? him now that Sting is here, because I don't want him to be looked at as like this Sting knockoff. Where I made this joke last night, where now that Sting is there, Darby Allen has been rendered useless. And I didn't mean that in that, like, 
I didn't mean it as to be a jerk, but I don't want it to be like he doesn't talk a lot. He's got black and white on his face. He stares at people awkwardly from the cheap seats and the nosebleeds. Oh, it's the same person. Hey, maybe in two months we can run this angle where Sting is Darby Allen's dad, right? Like, let's just not do that. You know what I mean? That, let's not have is, a dad angle. That is so Vincent Kennedy McMahon right there. It really is. Shots fired at WWE. Oh, gosh. Uh, didn't think it could get, could get any better. You know, after the whole hornswoggle, Vince McMahon is his father thing. That was hilarious. But it it that was. was hilarious. It was. When Triple H found out and he laughed right in Vince McMahon's face, I died. Um, this was so cool, guys. This was the coolest. I think this is probably the coolest moment of the year in wrestling by far. Because like it was like you said, Cam, nobody expected it. Nobody saw it coming. And not even the people in the building, the employees of the company. Nobody saw it coming until it happened. And it was so cool with the winter is coming topic because mm-hmm. they made his, you know, Titan Tron like that, like, like in the mountains and everything. And, and you saw the crow and whatnot. Yeah, uh, they had like fake snow falling. Too, yeah. Right? Is that, yeah. I wasn't imagining snow. that. Right. That was real. No. Yeah. That was real. Okay, that was all right, real. Like, yeah. Um, although it, it might've been real snow for all I know. Cause it was, I heard it was a 30 degree wind chill in Florida the other night. It, yeah. 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 But cool. um, anyway, Guys, this was super cool. Um, I love Sting. I love the whole vibe about him. The baseball bat in his hand, just super cool. I'm super happy with this. This is going to be the move of the year in wrestling, and this is going to be one of the greatest signings AEW will ever have, and that's what's going to make it the A show in wrestling for many years to come. Um, That was super exciting. But, guys, that wasn't the last thing of the show. That wasn't all. We had the main event of the evening, the AEW World Title Match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega, guys, what an interesting match because it was hard hitting. We knew that from the beginning. Omega hitting, you know, the B triggers and the knees to the face and Moxley's with the, you know, the the paradigm shifts, and uh, it was interesting. Um, Kenny got hurt, quote unquote, hurt on the outside of the ring late in the match. Um, his buddy Don Callis and a producer for impact wrestling came over to look and, you know, over, over concern and whatnot. Um, and all of a sudden Kenny has a microphone in his hand in the ring and hits Moxley right in the head, hits him with a bunch of knees, uh, and then the B trigger and then boom guys, the cleaner Kenny Omega is a new AEW world champion. And then after the match, him and Callis run backstage run to a van. Alex Marvez tries to get a word. And Callis says this, we will see you Tuesday night on impact. Boom. Shift. Another OMG. What did I just see moment? The new AEW world champion will be on impact wrestling on Tuesday night. Cam, I'm going to leave it to you, man. Thoughts on this. Yeah, I have, I have a few thoughts. One um, from, I I think it I think it's a smart decision, but from a business standpoint, I don't see where. I don't see where this is a win for AEW, right? This is a huge win for Impact. This I mean, don't get it twisted. Impact is the clear cut winner in whatever handshake agreement they have going on. Uh, they win. So I'm interested to see what the um, the payoff is 
what the positives are for AEW making this arrangement. Um, but I think it is smart. I think it's cool. I think in a world where people want to see more fluidity back and forth with promotions, giving that as the second and third best U.S. Pro- US soil-based promotions, having that fluidity back and forth, don't give me that look. Second biggest, all right? It's fine, okay? All right, it's fine. I didn't even mean that as a shot. I, I literally meant that. Like, but, but being able to have that fluidity amongst the top-tier North American-based promotions I think is awesome. Um, I, I made the joke last night that I really hope that AEW bought out Impact, and then that's why they brought Sting back, so Sting can be the GM of Impact on TNT, and then it's just full circle for like his whole career. And I think that's never going to happen, but that's my joke, and I hope it happens, but whatever. Um, love the business move on Impact's uh, uh, side of this. Um, if AEW can tap into that women's division, then I think AEW absolutely hit a, a grand slam because uh, their women's division is absolute trash, and adding Impact is going to make it really good. Um, so I, I like this. I love the fluidity. I love the in and out of who can show up on what day and um, – you know, I'm, I'll I'll probably tune in to Impact on Tuesday just to see. They'll have my attention for like 10 minutes, which they haven't had in like four years. But they'll get it because I'm interested and I'm curious on what that arrangement is. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, it just caught me. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to have to tune in to Tuesday night now. Change all my plans to see what's going to happen. The AEW world champion is going to be on another company show keith talk to us about this man this is exciting news real quick one of the reasons that we're going to change our plans on tuesdays is because last week we were excited or last episode we were excited for shockwave and that didn't turn out very well at all so i think we're both done with that um also you and i both screwed up with trevor murdoch we were both wrong about the title uh it's a national title yeah, sorry trevor um, we we apologize yeah. for that it's just you haven't been on but, in a long time like every other nwa superstar that's all it is that's right but aw impact men um first of all everyone listening please go back and listen to the august 8th episode of mixed tag uh it was called almost all elite it is episode 23 where your boy the wrestling encyclopedia and the three-time Indian leg wrestling champion gives you an impact and AEW super so card. Uh, I hope somebody listens, uh, especially taking that wrestle house gimmick uh, skit and doing something with that. Um, but this is cracking me up because when I heard about, it, I was like, you gotta be, you know, I watched it. I didn't realize that it was happening. And I was like, Oh, what's Don Callis doing out here? And then I was like, Oh, the wheels are turning. Uh, Kenny Omega getting this title, like I said last episode, hopefully will will change the standard of how the AEW championship is presented. It's you know it's going to be hopefully the best wrestling match on the card, given that it's the top belt in the company. I love this idea. Um, Cam hit the nail on the head. Impact gets all the benefit from this, all the rub. Um, now people are going to tune in. I hope they don't screw this up. Like, you know, the old WCW invasion angle. I hope they figure out some way to make this thing viable and make this um, must-see TV. But now we get all these matchups that, you know, we're in our head already. We're already fantasy booking, right? We're already fantasy booking. Um, And 
there's fuel to the fire. Like Scott Demore on Twitter put a picture up of um, Young Bucks and said, Young Bucks or Generation Me or whatever you're calling yourselves these days, call me. You know, so are they going to play this game where it's like a bidding war? Like Impact is trying to bid and get, you know, these these guys from Impact and vice versa. I don't know where they're going with this, but I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. And I, I really quickly, Cam, I know you want to say something, but really, I just want to mention, I was talking to Keith earlier uh, through text and uh, I was like, man, the opportunities this could give the young bucks taking on the motor city machine guns uh the north facing ftr i mean this this opens the door i mean this this is awesome for both companies but like you said especially impact um with this um you know it's exciting so uh and cam really quick i know you know you want to say something but i want to tell you this um it's interesting to me how AEW is you know collaborating with these other wrestling companies impact nwa new japan uh triple a um you know it's i don't know if wwe would necessarily do anything like this and i don't remember them really ever doing anything quite like what AEW is doing with this so go ahead and give us your your thoughts on what you were about to say um no i i don't think they will um i think with with vince at the helm i doubt anything like that actually happens um which you know, at that point, well, it just is what it is. Right. And it, really quickly, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, you're fine. he did it with storylines. We saw it with WCW, the invasion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We saw yeah, it with yeah. ECW. ECW came in with Paul Heyman, right? Fair, but yeah. he would not do this in a real life scenario like no. AEW is doing. No, 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 no chance. Um, I think it would make the most sense for them to do that, which is probably why they are not going to do it. Uh, that kind of seems to be standard WWE play for uh you know a while um a couple of things one i would love to see um jordan grace and diana perrazzo in front of a dynamite crowd um i think those two would be incredible i think diana immediately diana versus Britt baker on aew i think would be awesome um diana versus Sheeta, i think would be awesome i think you know like you said you're fantasy booking all those things the the most excited i am though is that Omega won the title. And this could be an entire episode, so I'm going to give you a cliffhanger and maybe hopefully piss some people off. Um, Omega, up until this point, has been entirely selfish since he's been in the AEW. Um, I have called him selfish since day one based on what he's doing. I hope he's not doing that anymore. Um, he, He can't afford to not be the six star you know, Tokyo Dome, Kenny Omega. Like, that's who you have to be forever for AEW to get off the ground properly. Um, so with him having the title, I hope he goes back to being a prick. I hope he goes back to wearing those suits. I hope he goes back to letting everybody know how much better he is than them um, and just tearing dudes apart for the next, like, year. I really, really, really hope that happens because that's not Moxley. Moxley's the dude that's going to walk through the, the arena and walk through the stands and then start a fight with somebody with a beer in his hand, which is fine, and that's great, and I'm not mad at that. But we need the suited-up Omega that's just going to piss people off and tell them and show them why he's better than everybody in the rest of the world. And, and Cam, you hit the nail on the head there because, man, um, a, a heel champion is a, is a better move for a company. You know, you, when you have a guy chasing, like – we've talked about Moxley's title title reign, you know, hasn't been the best. And I think that's because, you know, he has his, his shtick that he does. But if you, if you go and look back, Stone Cold Steve Austin was not champ for long. Like he, he did win the belt. His title reigns were not long at all. 
because there's more money in the chase for a baby face. So I really think that you're, you've, you've got a great idea. I think Kenny Omega has to go back to that persona and, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Kenny Omega did Chris Jericho better than Chris Jericho did Chris Jericho while in new Japan. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, um, guys, we're getting, you know, towards the hour line, we got to get this show, uh, about wrapped up, but I got to end with my good, bad and dynamite, uh, for the night. Uh, the good man, the championship match, uh, Kenny Omega finally winning a world championship in AEW, a company he helped create. Um, this needed to happen. Like we all three said, this this needed to happen for the company, and it did. So that was my good. Bad. It was hard to find a bad this week, guys, because everything was just so clean, so crisp. One thing I did notice, and it's very, very minor. We don't really see it a lot uh, on TV and whatnot. I saw an exchange uh, between the ref and Moxley, whether that been a blade or a, you know, fake blood capsule thing i just saw it he just handed it off to him um and then that's okay i mean it we all know the scenarios and everything that was my only bet that's the only thing it was a little too obvious for me the camera was panned right at them um and the exchange was super easy to spot but you know that's the magic so that was the bad it wasn't really a bad but it was the only bad i could think of the great obviously and the dynamite the sting you know the sting appearance you know this move is going to change everything uh, in the wrestling world. Um, just his presence in AEW was super cool when they tweeted out that Sting is all elite. <laughs> Man, the the whole AEW fan base popped. Uh, and I feel bad for people who were watching NXT at that moment because they didn't get to see it live and they had to go back and watch it. Um, but uh, really awesome night at Dynamite. That was my good, bad, and Dynamite right here on Mixtag. Keith, you want to say something really quickly? Real quick, maybe maybe Tony Khan meant like maybe he said what he said about the the landscape changing. Maybe he meant to say it this week and and just jumped the gun a couple of weeks ago. And you know, because it happens. You know, you could be a couple of tequilas in of Terramana, and next thing you know, you're just saying things. Um, but here's an awesome stat for you guys to end um, and really put a stamp on Kenny Omega being Kenny Omega. Luthez, Big Van Vader, Kenny Omega the only three pro wrestlers ever to hold a major title in the United States, Japan, and Mexico. What? Three people in the wrestling history have done that. Kenny Omega is now one of them. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, guys, we have to end the show, but really quickly, we have to give our wrestlers of the week. We do this every single week right here on Mixed Tag. Uh, Cam, you're our honorary guest this week. Go ahead if you have one. Um, I mean, there's a couple of ones. Here's, I, I, I'm sorry. I have to go with Pat McAfee. Are you kidding me? A retired punter is now leading the charge in NXT War Games, and he looks like he should be there. That's absolute insanity to me, the easy way that he's crossed over. I know it's an MLW and AEW show, and I get that. And I loved it this week. I loved both this week. I'm not saying anything negative. But a retired punter went one-on-one with Adam Cole, held his own and now has his own faction going into war games what are we this year it it's super entertaining it's really entertaining and Ellen, you're right cam the dude it's like he ne- it's like he never played football and he was a wrestler his whole career that's what yeah. it looked like it's creepy like it's creepy how good he is this early already yeah definitely pat mcafee really interesting guy i love to see him leading a faction keith go ahead with your wrestler of the week man 
So I basically did a Tony Khan, um, you know, telling us that the landscape would change. I did it too early. I was going to give that stat um, that I just gave you a little earlier to tell you why Kenny Omega was my wrestler of the week. Kenny Omega, the cleaner, the title. Whoops. But that's the magic of podcasts. Sometimes you do that. That's it. Right, that's fine. Make. Um, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a limb here. Um, I, You know, I was originally going to go with Kenny Omega like Keith, uh, but I thought that'd be a little too obvious. I'm going to go with Layla Hirsch, guys. Layla Hirsch had an interesting match with Britt Baker on Dynamite. If you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it. She held her own with possibly the best, you know, women's competitor in, in AEW with Britt Baker. Um, it wasn't a jobber match like I originally thought it was going to be to put Britt over more. Um, Layla Hirsch is a very enthusiastic and competitive person in the ring. She made her appearance on Dark a couple of weeks ago. She's on the main show now. Um, we might see a tag team match between uh, Britt and uh, Reba and Rebel as, you know, we, we get her name mixed up because Britt calls her Reba and whatnot. But uh, those two versus Layla and Thunder Rosa. So we might see that in the very near future. I think Layla Hirsch can hold her own in AEW. She was really calm eye this week. So that was my unorthodox and unique wrestler of the week, Layla Hirsch. I think it's my first ever female uh, wrestler of the week. So congrats to Layla on that accomplishment as well, right here on Mixag. Guys, we are over the hour mark. It has been an awesome show. We had to get everything in. It's a show we couldn't play around with. We had to talk about literally everything that happened this week. Some bad news, some great news for the wrestling industry. Final words from the Floridian villain, Kim Manning. Go ahead, Kim. Uh, I expect to be back here more often, and uh, I honestly expect you guys to be better when I'm back. So, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't know. What I, I don't know. Floridian villain. There he is. Cam Manning. He's your- Keith, your final words, my man. I mean, we can't argue with the man who has the number one hot billboard single in the country today. So I'm just going to let him say what he needs to say because, you know, villains be villains. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. That was this episode of Mixed Tag. It was a big one. We had our one of our favorite guests on, Cam Manning. If you like what you heard, please feel to, uh, feel free to share on any social medias. You can follow us on social media as well, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can also follow Cam on Twitter as well. He's always on there. Keith is always running our Twitter. He's forever retweeting, commenting, DMing, whatever. He's there. Um, but, yes, please feel free to share this episode uh, with your friends. And uh, let us know how we did. You can email us at mixtagshow at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the show. Um, again, we really appreciate Omaha Steaks for sponsoring this episode as well. I'll use that promo code tag uh, in your purchase. All right, guys. That was this episode of Mixed Tag from the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time, three-time, three-time Indian Leg Wrestling Champion Keith White and the Floridian villain himself, Cam Manning. My name is the Cowboy, Jared Watson. We are out. <laughs>